Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to an eternity of basketball. We are part of the Globally Ballin Network. Catch us on the YouTube channel of Globally Ballin. Look at all the trending episodes, Bogs Adornado, all the way down to Chito Loisaga. Which one's your favorite? Keep watching. Okay, original articles, video, and audio projects on globallyballin.com. Check out the website for all of that. And on Twitter as well. We are streaming there right now, so you can watch us there as well. Link 3 slash Globally Ballin is the link you need for all of those. Well, here we are. We made it to episode 200, guys. I'm Charlie Cunha together with Sid Ventura and Jay Mercado. Thanks for joining us this morning here in the Philippines, uh, out in Mexico. It's, uh, it's about uh, 8 p.m. in the evening. So our guest, you all know him. He played for the RP team in the 80s, brought glory to our country with the rest of that NCC slash San Miguel squad that competed in several tournaments abroad and also in the PBA winning a championship first amateur first and only amateur team to win a championship in the PBA uh, by way of Roxdale uh, Texas uh, via Tucson Arizona and now in uh, Puerto Vallarta in Mexico we bring him in now Jeffrey Moore is with us on this episode 200 hey Jeff how you doing man I'm really great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And we love the shirt, Filipinas, of course, because you did serve this country. You played crazy tournaments for us back in the 80s, which we were watching either on, uh, sometimes it was via satellite, uh, sometimes it was live on TV, and then we would catch you and the guys, of course, Chip and and, and, uh, Dennis, and the rest of the guys, Samboy, Alan, and all of them uh, winning those tournaments. So, you know, let's start from the start, Jeff. I, I know you right now you're you're into coaching and all of that, but we'll go to the start. We'll, we'll we'll reverse. And how did you get started in basketball? Why did you choose basketball as your sport? Uh, being in the U.S., where there's so many other sports to play. Well, I mean, in sports, I mean, in general, in the United States, we all play baseball, basketball, American football, and usually until we get into uh, high school. And then we make a decision which uh, sport we would like to play. But I had a, a bunch of our older brothers. I'm the youngest of eight kids. And all of them had to follow in their footsteps. So I've been playing basketball or any kind of sport all my life. So I had to learn to, to be tough. But they never gave me an inch. You know, it doesn't matter if they were three years older. And I attributed a lot of this to them, you know. Uh, pushing me and pushing me. But at one point in junior high school, I had a coach. He uh, heard Buckner, he played uh, 
principal old trier. He was, he was a, a great, very good player from uh, Detroit. And he basically had me motivated to actually want to play maybe as a career. Uh, he was very engaging. I consider myself similar to him. You know, an ex-player, trying to help young kids, you know, move forward and do what they have to do. You know, he used to get out there and dunk on us as he was young enough. And I found myself doing the same, you know, and kids love it. And from there, we went to Pueblo uh, High School, where we won two state championships back-to-back. Uh, 77 and 78, we went 30 and 0. Bring number four in the nation. Uh, so we've been making history ever since we started. So, so uh, we got started playing the basketball. When you, when, you were, when you played in high school in, in Pueblo, so you were about maybe what? 15, 15 years old, uh, that's when you started playing basketball seriously and, and dedicated yourself to basketball. That's when you abandoned all these other sports. So I started focusing on just getting basketball. I, I saw myself, you know, enjoying it. I thought it was the most complete sport, you know, where you use your quickness, you know, have a lot of breaks. And it just kept me busy every second and I was on the court. And uh, I really think it's one of the top conditioning, the top complete sport that we have presented. So I'm excited. We're kind of losing you on the audio. Yeah, uh, the, the audio is coming in and out. So I don't know if you can move closer or what to the mic, just so, so everyone can hear what you're. Yeah. Yeah. To work on that, but what I'm saying that you know, just uh, I thought basketball was the most complete sport of all the sports and yeah. motivated me. You know, I was a young, energetic player. You know, baseball was my first love, which I was good at that. But mm -hmm. you know, in the summer, Tucson, Arizona, 120 degrees, <laughs> it's pretty hard to be there yeah, with no movement going on besides the pitching yeah. and the. And the uh, so, you know, I quickly um, developed uh, a love for the game of basketball, and that's where we ended up. Yeah. Jeff, did you have any early idols, you know, basketball players like in the NBA that you looked up to or patterned your game after? Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I always wanted to play. I would get excited watching Dr. J. You know, that's when he was making his run in the ABA. And, you know, as, as I grew, then, I, you know, I was looking at young men, two years older than me, Michael Jordan, of course. You know, that's my generation. And, and I just enjoyed watching, you know, uh, NBA basketball games. But I always thought the college level was the best way to learn. You know, NBA, you know, they play when they want to play. Play all the time, it really gets exciting, and that's all sports and pros. But uh, the college level is where you really, really learn how to play because all coaches like myself, they push it to a limit and then beyond every day. So as you get to be a professional like you are, uh, but it shouldn't stop there, you know, as well as I do. When I played in the Philippines, I've, I've given it my all. It didn't matter 
once I came to, uh, the, I mean, to Mexico, it didn't matter. Went to Argentina, it didn't matter. I always played the game the way I thought it was meant to play, all out, you know, and it allowed me to play. I was 47 years old at the highest level here in Mexico. Uh, because of that, and I'm still playing to this day, uh, it was a sport that I put all my heart and soul into, and it's kept me healthy and and in shape. Uh, and most people can't believe I can still dunk at 63. It's not an alley oop, but God has blessed me to be in, in, in great shape besides the time I had the uh, COVID, which took me down pretty hard, but I'm now getting back to where I used to be. That, that, that brings you to the question, Jeff. Uh, uh, I thought you would have been a great track and field athlete. High jump, uh, you're, you, you would run pretty quickly as well. Did you dabble in track and field also back then? Oh, yeah, I did. I mean, the coach asked me to. Uh, but our contract was that so I wasn't really interested in track again because you're sitting around waiting for this to go. <laughs> and it's hot out there. <laughs> you know, uh, he just finally said, okay, if you want to come out, you know, you only show up for me. So I, I ended up going out there, didn't have a real technique, but I, like you say, I jumped very high. So uh, uh, I was winning and I jumped, what, 6'9", with what, 2'5", something like that. You know, wow. I flew, and I did that with a broken with a broken wrist, with a cast on. So, <laughs> so I'm a freak of nature, you know. I'm uh, yes. an athlete, you know, and I really, truly thank God for blessing me to, uh, to be not only the physical, but I really think I see the world in a different way. And I teach it in a different way, you know, similar to the way Ron Jacobs used to do it. And Ryan was my final straw. He taught me the rest of what I needed to know. Uh, unfortunately, most players don't have a chance to have a mentor from start to finish. I was with Ryan Jacobs from El Camino Junior College when I'm 20, 19 years old until 28 in the Philippines. So I went with him from El Camino very much. And I transferred to the University of Hawaii for six months until he got that job in the Philippines. And of course, I was born and that I had so much confidence in and and he, he discovered me and, and we had a beautiful career all throughout. Right, right. That was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, go ahead, you yeah, since you mentioned physical, um, when you decided to embark on a basketball career in high school, how tall were you uh, that time already? Not much taller than what I was, I am now, but but I played center. But you played center. Why, so it helped me in the long run. I mean, I, that's why NBA, I, it would have been hard to get in. I had the physical ability. I would have had to uh, be a quick learner at the one, two, and three position, you know, which I would have, but uh, it helped me in the long run. That's why it didn't matter in the world game. David Robinson is guarding me. I had a jump hook. He couldn't block. I had quick feet, and I could defend the bigs. If you watch the Italian game, 
Dennis laughed. I'm like, Dennis, why do I have the seven two guy and you got the six nine guy? You know, but I. Mean, <laughs> Because Dennis likes it easier, man. That's why. <laughs> huh? uh, no, Dennis doesn't back down from a challenge, and neither did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I some kind of strategy from Ron Jacobs, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's not just out there playing pickup games. It's really structuring and having a plan. And that's what I learned from him, and that's how I coach today, you know, and I've had incredible success. I read people well, and I put you in a position that's comfortable for you, but also fits in with what everybody else is doing. You know, we get it right. We work hard, we work hard, and that deters a lot of young players. But that's the only way to, to reach your potential. And only God knows how far that would take you. If you're good enough and you worked hard enough, you know, you could be in the NBA, you could be on a national team, and you could be in overseas somewhere. And, and I was, uh, I was truly that guy. I was a coach's dream. You know, whatever he asked me to do, it has been questioning and did it as I can. You know, and, and, and I think that's what made me the, the player, the complete player that I was. You know, in the Philippines, I, I had block shots, I got steals. I scored points. The points came easy. I played the hardest guy on the other team. I could go from uh, position to three. And I looked at, I was telling somebody the other day, when I reflect back on uh, pressure game, and uh, Jake would give me the ball. And I never was great with the left hand. Seriously, most people didn't know that. I didn't learn how to use my left hand until I was well into no, seriously. And I kept working on it and it became my strong hand. That's a that's a lesson learned that you can work on something and it became my strong hand and just automatically when the pressure hit me, I go to the left and, and, and control it that way. But that's hard work and and dedication to uh, put in the work. So Right, right. And that's, that's what it's all about. And since since we're going down memory lane anyway, I think it's time we enter our first segment jeff on the show we'll just go down memory lane look at some photos of you it's called the time capsule and the time capsule okay. is brought to us by fitbit it helps everyone in the world get healthier from counting your steps to giving personalized insights on your heart rate and sleep patterns log your exercise and access great tools and content on the fitbit premium all on the fitbit platform check out their line of products on fitbit.com feel the power let's go you mentioned el camino and there you are oh my on el camino Right there's your, there's yeah. your squad. You got, you got the fro. You got the Doctor J fro there, Jeff. Oh yeah, everybody did. That was a Doctor J, you know. <laughs> no, that was a, a weird team right there. But like I said, not a lot of superstars. Ron Jacobs could bring the best out of people that couldn't do much. You know what I mean? He knew how to put a team together. And as you keep popping up these pictures and. It start to realize, even in the Philippines, we didn't have the best players in the, in that country, you know, but he worked, and that's why I'm such a valid fan of teamwork, you know, one team, one dream, and we can put it together and make things happen. That's right. So at this at this stage, El Camino, you know, you're playing for these guys, as you said. Were you you were a center on this team? Because you got number 54, 52. They're all taller than you guys, than you. Mm -hmm. 
But you were, you were the center? Forward. I was a small, small forward, uh, you know, that can switch on a big or whatever and switch on a guard if I had to because I was quick enough. That team right there wasn't any superstars. I was the first. That's a, as a junior high, I mean, a junior college team. So junior college is for local athletes only. So I was the first out-of-state player to play on that team. Everybody there was born in California, you know. Uh, I mean, here in the Philippines, you know, I got my residency, <laughs> per se, in uh, in California to be able to play on that team as a, you know, California. So that was another tribute. Like I say, I made a first in a, a lot of things I did in my career. Mm-hmm. And how did you end up after this with your El Camino? How do you end up in an NCAA Division One program like like Loyola Marymount? How do you make that transition? Like I told you, I was getting recruited. That was my first year, and El Camino is a two-year college. You know, but I knew I was good enough. I could have. Uh, well, I had offers going directly out of high school, but I wanted to go and get my grades up so I could get to a better school. You know, Arizona State, they were fighting with Ron, one of the coaches, you know, and Paul Howard, assistant coach over there at uh, at Arizona State, and a good friend to fight out who was the best player, me or Lafayette Lever, boy called Lafayette Lever played on my high school team and he ends up going to uh, Arizona State and then to the NBA. But uh, but that was the whole deal that um, we just had to figure out a way for me to be able to play there and, and I did. And, and it was just a bunch of simple guys, you know. Uh, and that's the first start of seeing Ron Jacobs do his magic and like he was doing much because he's not a yeller. You know, he talks to you. He gets good people around him, you know, a defensive coordinator where he's the yellow, he's the one you hate. And, and you know, he set up an office surrounded about by, you know, the best players. But everybody had a role to do, even back then. And we did it well. And uh, we won the conference championship that year at El Camino, which was amazing. And then I moved on to uh, Loyola Marymount with him. He took the job there, and there they are. Uh, when we arrived there, we were five and twenty-one, mm-hmm. and we flipped it. In, we flipped it in one year to twenty-five and uh, and five. You know, won the conference championship, first time ever. Loyola Marymount made it to the NCAA tournament, the round of sixty-four. Mm-hmm. I mean, another hit uh, ordeal, all in one year. You know, a lot of those guys are. Uh, Junior college transfers, uh, and that's where after that season, that's when uh, I met Dennis Dinko. We uh, Ron Jacobs had found out about him. Uh, Dennis was at South Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy, you know, from what I hear, what he tells me. There's more to it, but yeah, he was unhappy, and uh, so we recruited him. And he comes in for a recruiting trip. So Ron Jacobs told me, you know, take a good look at him, you know, tell him what you think of him on and off the court, you know. Is it too much for me to handle or, you know, uh, 
what we wanted. So we had done tennis, hung out, you know, for that weekend. Of course, tennis had a lot of experience. So he was uh, coming out of uh, high school, you know, one of the top top athlete basketball players in, in in the country. You know, everybody wanted Dennis Dale. Uh So he was talking, and me and him, you know, uh, met each other and thinking he's going to just take the money and run. <laughs> so we had a great relationship. And then once we got on the court, he put us up against, you know, two other guys. And it was just magic, you know, uh, 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 a slasher, uh, you know, a guy that can do a lot of things and, and a real power center. He was the first real Dennis Robin. We didn't lift weights in that time like they do now. Dennis was a solid guy. And he was the first guy I ever seen get his, 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 his dunk pins up against the backboard and pull it down and dunk it backwards. <laughs> you know, and that was part of his plan. You know, he put it up there so you couldn't block it, but he was strong enough to bring it down and dunk it backwards. And that was impressive. So we played well together, you know, you know Alley Oop and, and I do my thing, so you know, he appreciates that. Good talent, hard uh character, you know, uh we see it in one another and that's how we became friends. Yeah, Jeff, what was it like the transition from playing at a junior college to, you know, NCAA division one uh at Loyola Marymount, you know, the level of competition that you went up uh week in and week out uh were you able to just adjust to it right away i was because i was a division one guy coming out of high school like i said 30 and 0 four in the nation but like i said i had to go to a place where i could get my grades up i didn't want to go to a uh uh four-year school and, and struggle you know so my decision and i'm coming out of tucson arizona it wasn't my game It was just my confidence, you know. Tucson, Arizona is not a big known uh, hub for throwing out NBA players or big-time college players, you know. So, you know, I didn't have the confidence to play against guys from Vegas, North Carolina, you know, Duke and all of that. Back then, it was Las Vegas, um, uh, New Mexico. They were at the top of the line, UCLA, USC. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I just wanted to go, and, and my whole plan was to stay one year, give me some confidence, get away from Tucson in the big city, and it just happened to work that way. Get my confidence. I'm a shy guy, you know. Like I said, coach's dream. I did what you asked me to do. I didn't even do more. And and see, Ron Jacobs. He just blew me the whole way. He actually had to tell me, Jeff, I need you to take more shots. You know, most players, you got to say, yo, don't shoot so much pass to somebody else. But I was such a team player, you know, just from the get-go. And uh, he brought the best out of me, you know, taught me what I really could be, you know. Don't settle for less, you know. You can do this, take your shot. You know, taught me how to be smart, make the right decisions. And so it wasn't a hard transition. It was just learning, learning all the um, the little details that, that that makes a superstar. <laughs> that 20 game turnaround for LMU. How did the community react? Uh, did you become an instant superstar in campus? 
You know, I'm, I've been gradual doing because I do things that, that that most people wouldn't even notice. You know, my hustle, I get a chip on a loose ball in a clutch moment, you know, and, and it chips off the other side because I barely got it. He couldn't get it. And we get the ball, you know, most people wouldn't notice that, you know, or just being in the right place uh, for help to make travel or think twice or, or get a block. So, so it was always there, but it wasn't highlighted until I started taking over as a, as a score. And like I say, I was always a defensive stopper, even in, in high school. Defense, rebound. In high school, I didn't shoot past 15 feet, you know, because I was playing center. That was my role, you know. So Loyola, I started shooting out a little further, you know, by the years. And that's just pretty much how it went. So, um, but it was just a process that, that came along gradually. I, let's say, because I never considered myself as a superstar, so others would probably look at me as being that guy. Because uh, each, if you notice, each game I went through, I started out at a certain average, you know, going in, points, rebounds. But I got better as the season went on, and it showed in everywhere I've been, you know, because I got more confidence, more aware of what I'm doing. And by the time uh, playoffs come around, then I am the man because I done learned through the whole process. I'm confident. I know my teammates. And that's a special uh, skill set. Everybody doesn't have that. You know, to be aware aware of of, of your teammates' uh, needs and their uh, weak points, you know, and helping them and, and giving them the ball when I know they can put it down, not when we're not before and not after, you know. So I think I was always meant to be a coach, and I was just coaching on the court through doing what I do as a player. Jeff, I'm sure everybody's curious. Uh, obviously, when you talk about uh, Jeff Moore, Dennis still always connected to Ron Jacobs. Yeah. Do you know you're at LMU and all of a sudden uh, Ron Jacobs is contacted by somebody in the Philippines offering him a job? Do you know that story? I mean, did he tell you how it happened? Because obviously he recruited you to come along with him. But but would you know what happened? How did Ron get, get his gig here in the Philippines? Might be another story, you know, you told me some of it. You might know something I don't know. <laughs> what's your what's your version? The way, no, but you the way you're asking the question is like, yeah, you know something I don't know. But yeah, I mean it was basically that that because uh, I was in Hawaii, me and uh, the other guy, Rob Word in number forty four with another little player and he was with us the first year down there in uh, the Philippines. Uh, so I'm, I'm Hawaii, you know, ready to finish my career there, you know, red shirted, not even playing. We lost it. We lost you. We lost your audio, Jeff. We lost your audio. Hi, right, Jeff, we can't hear you. Strong call. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the deal. 
Okay, we can hear you now. We can hear you now. Oh, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, it, we have a uh, we have one of our one of our fans is asking, did he get thirty rebounds in a game? Yes, he did. He did. Right, that's Bubu Sarte. Thanks for watching. That's right. Uh, he mentioned yeah, something about number forty-four. But that's Bob Worthy. Yeah, Robert Worthy. That's Robert right. Worthy. One of the first. Who was on? He, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, naging Pinoy din yan. He could have been a Filipino. I think he was included in the Jones Cup, in the 1981 Jones Cup team. That, that controversial Jones Cup team no? that, that yeah. uh, not too many cheered for because That's right. there, was, there were only two actual Filipinos on that squad, yeah. right? And two Phil Adams uh, also and eight Americans. <laughs> yeah, so the two the two Filipinos were Frankie and JV, right? That's correct. That's correct. JV Yango, Frankie Lim, and then the two Philams were Willie Pearson and Ricardo Brown. Yeah, that's correct. Also, and then the rest, you know, si Jeff Moore, and the naturalized known. Now, si Robert Worthy, Steve Lingerfelter. Yeah, I think he's back. Let's bring him back in. Is he there? Is he there? We're looking for the... Oh, okay, let's go. There you are, Jeff. Yeah, we're back. There's no technology, no man. So where were we about that story? Okay, where were we on that story? You're asking me what now? About, about the next run, how, I, how you guys ended up here. Mm-hmm. So you were in Hawaii and he told you? Yeah, yeah. I was in Hawaii, you know, six months. I mean, uh, he called me probably a month into my school season. Uh, and I really wasn't still in Hawaii. You know, I could say it was beautiful. Uh, I would have did well there. I mean, they were all excited about it because I was the best player coming in, you know. Uh uh, you know, their seniors couldn't do anything with me. So so I get this call from, from Ron, and, you know, he gave me all the uh, options, you know, because he's worried about my well-being, you know. He said, if you want to stay, you know, I understand this is an opportunity. And it's a new project. He said, um, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, you go back to, to college. And uh, in AIA under the radar, and still get to where you want to go by doing that. Uh, the moment I thought about it, I talked to my mom. You know, she wasn't really into it, but she understood. You know, uh, financially, it would help. It. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, 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 everybody. So the thing is, we decided to go to, uh, to the Philippines, you know, and, and then I heard Dennis was going, so, you know, it was a no-brainer. So we ended up making our way there, and uh, and then we, we, we ended up, you know, and then 
You remember the first year? That's it. We had 12 Americans out there, man, Filipinos, <laughs> and a few others, you know, Ricardo Brown was already a Filipino uh, American, Willie Pearson, they brought in uh, Eddie Gonchazos, and the rest of us were state Americans, you know, uh, and the pros, we wanted to stay and, uh, and uh, try out to be different bigs and stuff. So that was the first opportunity. Got a chance to meet the, the big boss who was for you off there. There's a sound coming from behind. I don't know if that's the fan or something. A, I don't know, but there's a sound yeah. coming in and it's overpowering your voice a bit. So there's a parade going by the house. Uh, so. Oh, I, there's a parade. Okay, that's why. That's why this. You're in parade. Mexico. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you're in Mexico. Okay, there's a fiesta going on. Oh, yeah, the Day of the Dead or the Virgin Mary or something, so they just walking up. You know how it is, it's 12 days, so I can't even do it. That it wouldn't matter where I went, you're going to hear that. Okay, okay. Go ahead, so as long as it's clear. Yeah, so you're, these are the guys. going to get louder in a minute again, so what's up? <laughs> okay, so you were talking about these guys. There's, I see Dennis over there. Of course, some of the local guys, uh, you know, Itoy, Esguero, Frankie Lim, you got uh, Joel Banal and some of these other guys. But this was your first squad. Ron Jacobs is on the right. You have Pilo Pomarin. Of course, you know him, the dad of France. And then who are these two? Who's that American gentleman beside J.B. Ango? The guy with the stripe, blue stripes. Man, this was... Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Willis. I mean, uh, I think of his name. Was. He was uh, from. Uh, he came in with Ben Lindsay, the assistant coach. There's three of them that came in with Ben, and and they were trying out. You know, a lot of them thought they were going to take Dennis and I job. I know you, you guys need to take a. <laughs> We gotta let that go by. The <laughs> break. Yeah, yeah. We gotta mute that for a bit. We will pass. Of course, Eddie Joe Chavez is the guy beside Ricardo Brown. Everybody knows that. Joe the first boss that takes in the middle. <laughs> Like or Henry This is the first time that our show is getting stopped, not because of a technical difficulty, but because of a fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> There's a procession going on. <laughs> and they've got trumpets and whatever that's going on there. So uh, hopefully it'll pass is, uh, pretty soon. Yeah, they're celebrating. They're celebrating because we have our 200th episode today. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Celebrating. Give you a good look at what's going on out there. The parade of people following them, and they're just going down there, locked up all the streets. So yeah. All right, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yeah. We can. We can. We can. Get an as fast as we can. But that was Ben Lindsay, uh, and he brought a few guys from you know, with him uh, to, you know, to be that part of the uh, national team. Because the older I got, 
uh, it was, it was uh, quite ingenious what Polanco did, you know, with, with bringing in 12 Americans. He knew that wouldn't fly. He knew that they weren't going to go for it, even though it was legal by presidential decree. It's legal, but do you want to do that? You know what I mean? So he knew they were going up giving you some and so they ended up giving us three and it happened to be dennis myself and jeff england and that's all needed to, to really put basketball back on the map for the uh philippines and i just thought that was ingenious that you know they were gonna give us something because if not he could have continued with the 12 and been within, within his rights to do so Jeff, uh, the Ning brought in um, both Ben Lindsay and um, Ron Jacobs together. Um, what roles did the two play uh, when it came to the ninth, uh, to that particular team in the, in the Jones Cup? No, it was Ron Jacobs' team. Ron brought in uh, Ben Lindsay, you know, but, uh, NAIA coach, and he had some. Uh, they had one NAIA, and uh, the, the the team was from Arizona, and uh, so he had two or three national championships of junior colleges. And I don't know how long uh, Ron knew him or didn't know him, but he comes in. He's supposed to be the the, the enforcer. Of course, him and Dennis didn't hit off at all. You know, <laughs> Dennis would not. It's knocking out every practice, but it didn't last long. You know, this personality wasn't what we needed. What what the uh, the Filipinos they didn't like him either. He was too much of a military guy with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I don't know what that chip was, but his personality he didn't have one, and that's a hard that's a hard one to. Well, like I say, really, no personality. You, you know, you couldn't get a joke, or you couldn't, uh, couldn't tell a joke. You know what I'm saying? You just that shit. And that's what I saw in him. And I wasn't gonna listen to him. Yeah, Jake's my man. You know, I go straight to Jake if I had a problem. I don't know that this guy trying to have me doing stuff that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I can just go straight to the to the source. Because he wasn't the head coach, and I think he didn't like that. You know, that's, that's, that's me playing my defense. Yep. Uh, you're playing defense against one of the best players, uh, the PBA at the time. That's Philip Cesar from CRISPA. CRISPA. Yeah. That's why, like I said, we learned so much because then when we went there as amateurs, these were the veterans, the new uh, generation, the old generation, and we really learned how to play the game as men. I give it a second. <laughs> they're, they're, they're passing again. The, the yeah. parade's getting noisy again. It's a long but, parade. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, uh, I think it's winding down. Uh, but Jeff, I just want to ask you, what was your initial impression on the Filipino brand of basketball when you when you first came over and you saw your teammates, your local teammates, and then when you started playing against uh, other teams? First part I didn't hear. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I asked you. Uh, what's your initial impression?
impression on the Filipino brand of basketball when you first came over? My first impression was, why am I always landing on the ground on the back of my head? You know? <laughs> and it wasn't a foul. I was like, whoa, man, this is a different basketball game. You know, we were kids, like I say, 19, 20 years old. These guys were 25, 27. Some of them would even look like they were 40. But they're killing us, you know. They slower and didn't jump as high, but we could, you know, they knew how to play the game. It was a very aggressive game, which allowed me, like I say, I never backed down from a challenge. But it made me better. Like I say, anything that makes me, that I survive makes me stronger. So it made me better for any league in the world that I went to. It was easy. You know, I was used to that. And, and and I was on the other country, and I was the one that was too aggressive to the other people. But, uh, yeah, they, they taught you how to be a man. I always said that it was a man's game. And at that time, first, I mean, the second only professional basketball uh, league in the world, yeah. you know, and it was called that, you know. Uh, so, 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 yeah, they were two professionals, and... Uh, Every night out, it was a challenge, you know. They could shoot well. Like I said, they played the game really, really well. Uh, for them not to be noticed, you know, in some other parts of the world, they just hadn't. Like I said, you couldn't get past China. So you oh, can be yeah. seen. And, you know, you didn't have any internet. You didn't have any, uh, you know, uh, uh, anything you can just videotape it and send it to CNN, you know, you have to actually go and watch that kid in person, you know, and go to some uh, payphone and put a quarter in <laughs> and make the call, you know? <laughs> So that hurt us as far as any American that left the United States at that point was taking a risk. Because if you left, they might forget about you, you know, but then Dennis decided to leave, you know, to the national team, you know, we love the game. And we always believed in who we were, believed in, in Ron Jacobs. So if we had any chance of uh, making it to the, to the uh, world game uh, or the Olympics, then, you know, we knew if we had a shot, as long as we were healthy and had a decent team, the two of us could get it done. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Jeff, I'm guessing this photo was taken from 1981 because judging from the uniform of Crispa and, and your uniform, it says training team. No? Uh, but you went up against both Crispa and Toyota. Who impressed you more? Which team impressed you more? Yeah, so they were the big guns uh, at the time, but they... But the style of play was two different ones. Okay. Crisper was different than Toyota at that time. Uh, I don't know. The Americans they had, I remember Toyota being more of a finesse team, you know, with the bigs they had. You know, I think. Uh, and Crisper more warriors, you know, a little bit more physical, even though both teams had physical. But somewhat, somehow it sticks in my mind that, that Toyota was uh, 
a little bit better overall, you know. But uh, but they both had great Americans on that team. I'll ask you to go back to what an international uh, league would look like, you know. So, uh, you know, 81, we didn't know if we were coming back in 82, you know. Everybody left, and they called me back. I was the only one to come back in 82 until they figured out what they were going to do with the live citizen and everything else. So I stayed with Ron Jacobs uh, and his home together. And I played five exhibition games at uh, LaSalle, you know, the uh-huh, university yeah. team, the whole year. Yeah, so I went to uh, the PTA. A lot of those guys became my friends. They would come over to the house, you know, and uh, we would hang out, go to the club, you know, because I had to find something to keep me busy. You know, I wasn't playing. I was right. just there. And... Uh, so that was the deal with that. I was wondering if you guys remember any of these. What's that? What is uh, that? Gold. That's a gold medal. That's a gold medal, yeah. Yeah. Oh, one, one of your medals. Which one is that? That's the one, the second, uh, what is it? The, uh, the championship in the uh, second World Cup championship. That was the World Cup championship, you know, that they gave to uh, all participants. Right there. So, World Interclub. World Interclub, yeah, the Interclub. 85, right? Yeah. This is what we got for making it to the Olympics. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. okay. That's when... Uh, when what's his name? Uh, Michael Keon. Uh, Keon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was the president, and him on the back of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you kept, you kept some of those stuff. Huh? So you see, so your career just yeah. takes off. You're here, you're here in the Philippines. You came back. Uh, what's this? Which one is that one? This was the. In, uh, I think Kuala Lumpur. Okay. Oh, eighty-five. ABC, that's yeah. the ABC tournament, Asian basketball. Yeah. So, yeah, I kept a few things uh, because I traveled so much, I lost a lot. But uh, that's just part of the makeup when you're bouncing around and, you know, packing fast and leaving stuff at a. And, you know, I left, a half, a, <laughs> left half of my life in the Philippines. All my clothes, because we thought we were coming back. Left my dog. I didn't take all my stuff. I just took some of it and never got that back. You know, I had the people in the apartment, of friends that we knew, take care of them. But then one thing led to another. And, and, and like I say, a, a half a life was still there in that apartment. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you guys basically had to leave right away. Never yeah. thought, you know, you know, never got a chance to come back. But but in between that, you know, from the time you, you came, which you told us about with Ron Jacobs, Till the time that you guys left, so much happened in between. You played in the PBA, you won the tournament in the PBA despite being an amateur team. You played in all these tournaments, and we were watching you on TV. Uh, but what would be your fondest memories, Jeff? I mean, you know, who are the guys that you remember uh, that you played with, played against, that made an impression on you? I mean, I mean, there's so many. I mean, and it's been so long ago. This photo right here, 
uh, you know, me and Dennis was at our happiest moment in our lives. Like all of us, even the ones in the in the bottom front and Hector and everybody. Like I said, we were young kids, you know, new experience for all of us. Uh, but for Dennis and myself being from the United States, you know, every day, everything that happened was a challenge, you know. Uh, the jokes that the Filipinos would say, you know, <laughs> just walking down the street. And we're just, just taking it all in, but we're feeling great about us being there because the Filipinos really showed a lot of hospitality to us, you know. We used to go to people's houses uh, that worked for us or just we met on the street, you know. And, and they were poor uh, uh, people, but they would offer us anything they had, shirt off their backs, you know. And, and that's one thing I really remember, just how kind the Filipino people were to us during those times. The bottom picture, I remember that one was in the hotel. And, you know, it might have been after a win. And we might have been getting ready to go out somewhere. And that's a good picture. You know, that's what I'm saying. We were all tight at times. It wasn't all the time we were tight. You know, me and Dennis and, you know, Willie might run off and do our thing. But, uh, but yeah, that picture right there tells the story that, that we were happy, uh, winning, growing together, doing the things that we really needed to do to uh, um, to, to to achieve our mission. Because our mission uh -huh. was, and it was clear, you know, to uh, bring back prestige to the, to the Filipino basketball. You know, we all knew that, and so that's why we all held each other accountable for what we did or didn't do on the court or off the court, as a matter of fact. And, and we, was, we were accomplishing those things. So we were at a moment in our career where we had already jumped some hurdles and got through those, you know, some tough moments and uh, teams we had played. So we were confident in what we had, and we knew it. We just stuck together as a team. Some would come in, others would go. You know, I don't think Alan Kaidib was with us on that yeah. one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it might be one here, one there. But it wasn't a lot of different changes. Chip even wasn't with us at that point as, as well. And yeah. uh, but we got all the pieces we needed to, uh, to be prepared for, like I said, the Williams Jones Cup at the right time, you know, the World Games, the ABC, uh, and Chip, you know, uh, to win those three uh, events in the, in the same year is impressive, you know, uh, for anybody. Alone for a first-year Filipino team really making a, a stand on the world, on the world market, you know, on the world stage, and 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 having, you know, like I say, Italy and France and uh, Canada, you know, scared of us, literally. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, worried about us because they do. Yeah, they sit up in the stands, you know, and they watching us beating teams. They just beat, and we beat them by, you know, 15 points more than them, you know, handling And so they didn't know what, what, what to expect, what to, about that. Dennis is not a true center. Dennis is only 6'7", you know, yeah. at that. 
I'm six. You know, with me at six eight at times, but I'm six three. You know, with the shoes maybe six four. Then it's maybe six eight, and we're going up against seven footers. You know, uh, and my size, the uh, the American and the William Jones stuff. You know, Hector's guarding him, and he's as tall as I am. You know, so we outman from point guard to the to, to the center, and right, they can right, figure right. out what yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, but, so, but look yeah, at you, you're jumping, you're jumping at center. Yep. Look at that photo yeah. on the right side. You're, yep. you're jumping at center uh, against much bigger guys. Yes. Because Dennis, yeah. Dennis yeah. isn't even jumping at center. He was always exactly. you. He was always you. Yeah. 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 I was an athlete, and I loved that. Dennis was like, you, you, you jumped this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Dennis was being his mood, and I said, I got it. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like I said, we took out the other, you know, we talked it through. And that's how you get through a lot of things. You know, if you're not feeling good that day, you know, I've done that all my career. I say, hey, take this guy for a couple minutes and the rest. I got him. You know, we used to tag team uh, with Francois and uh, <laughs> in the PBA, you know, a one two punch. And he didn't know where it was coming from. So, so yeah, but that, I, I still have that picture, you know. And, in my archive and I look at it all the time and and those who are really festival. Jeff, I asked this question of Dennis when he also guested on our show. What was your first impression of Chip Engelin when he first joined uh, NCC? I know what little skinny white boy. Well how he gonna help us? <laughs> you know that was Dennis' first impression. <laughs> No, but uh, for me, I, I never uh, judge a book by its cover. You know, I just said, hey, what's up, Chip? How you doing? Hadn't heard of him, you know, coming out of California, supposed to have been a shooter. You know, I wasn't big at, uh, at following basketball, you know, the magazine, who's who. You know, uh, it really didn't matter to me. That's why I think it probably helped me because I just did what I knew I could do and I did I practiced hard enough to whatever was coming my way I can't do anymore I'm ready or I'm not ready so I didn't have to prepare for anybody and then once I thought Chip shooting around I, uh, I'm, you know me and Jake is talking and he said yeah, yeah, yeah this, is, this, this guy can shoot he said he's going to take some pressure off you you know treat you up to you know be the slash and do everything uh, Frida for Dennis to go one on one. If they want to double him, they kick it out to Chippen. And he started shooting. And of course, you know, he's got a Jerry West jump shot. I mean, it's just a perfect jump shot, you know. My son had that jump shot. And I was like, oh, perfect rotation, perfect, you know. And so, but he's a real shooter. And, but then when he was off, Dennis was oh. <laughs> Dennis would let him know because a good shoot, they'll make 15, but on that day they off, they missed them first 15. They're not going to stop shooting now. You're going to have to take them out or not give it to them. So that's uh -huh. their mentality. You're going to keep shooting. So, uh, you know, they know how to how to manage them. So, you know, he misses three or four in a row, okay. Depends on how he missed them, you know. You can tell if it's barely missed it. It was just off, but 
when the shooter's off, the shot is all over the place, and you know it. So you give him a break, the, give him a breather, let him sit down and relax, and then put him back in. And uh, you know, they, they came through in the William Jones stuff. Because Dennis and myself were, I was hurt, sick a little bit. Dennis had that swollen ankle. And, and we were limited on what we can do. But yeah, we we're fighters and warriors. We're still going to be out there. That's what Jake knew. We weren't going to give up. Anybody else would have said, Coach, I can't play, you know. But that's when, when I say I gave my heart and soul to the Philippines, Dennis and I, that's what I'm talking about. Since her, doing what we can. We didn't have the ego because I can't be at my best that I need to score 20, so I'm, I'm going to bail out. No, if I score one point to help this team win, just my presence, that's what I was going to do. Speaking of shooters, yeah. but speaking of shooters, this is one of the greatest who ever played in the PBA, Ricky Brown. Uh, what do you remember about him? Uh -huh. Ricky was uh, uh, I don't know what to think about Ricky. <laughs> His personality was he was like a we and Dennis used to call him the secret agent. So he would never tell you what he's doing or what you're going. You know, it was always secretive. Can I? Hey, come here. Can I talk to you? You know, pull you to the side. But uh, his game on the court, Ricky. Yeah, I played against him at Pepperdine, so he knew me. I knew him. Uh, uh, you know, he had that Puerto Rican game from New York. You know, uh, strong little guard, get a shot off fast against taller people. You know, like you say again, just a real shooter. He he would light it up. You know, and you wouldn't think. He wasn't fast, he, you know, didn't jump high, wasn't tall. So, you know, how do you get these shots off against, you know, bigger defenders, bigger people? Because he thought about it and thought about it and worked on it and worked on it. And he had it down to a science. All I got to do is get it off before you get there. And that's it. He had the most, one of the quickest release that I've seen in, 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 in a lifetime. And that was his key. He had to get it off quick. You know, he had to get it off. And then he did. He made a quick move, and that ball was gone up in there. And most of the time, it was dead. I'm looking. I see Willie Pearson at the back behind you. Yeah, this, this was your original. Yeah. Yeah. 1981, 81. right? Yeah, yeah. But the one on the right is about 1981 yeah, already. Yeah. Because Ricky's yeah. a great taste, and then and Jeff's with Northern. I just asked you. I'm sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I that was ask, yeah. Because we got, uh, that wear back there. We got Bruce, uh, Bruce from uh, Bruce Collins was his name. Yeah, yeah Ben Rosie's in that early in that year. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and I think Jeff? the uh, that year too. Um, OJ. Let, let's go back to 1983. You, know, you you played in the ABC tournament, and there was controversy there uh, because the Philippines, uh, the games, the two games that you played for the Philippines were forfeited. What are your memories about uh, about that particular tournament? The, where were we in again? We were in uh, the 1983 ABC tournament in Hong Kong. You played two games there. Uh, 
The winner of that tournament would go on and represent Asia in the LA Olympics. But after two games where you play, both games were forfeited because you were disallowed, because you were ineligible. Uh, what are what are your memories about that particular tournament in Hong Kong? Yeah, well, it was just a passing thing. Like I said, uh, the hype was, you started to hear the rumors. Because, uh, we were making a name for ourselves, you know, uh, outside of uh, the Asian world. So, you know, we were making a, a big mess in the Asian world. Yeah, China was having the protest, you know, whoever we played. Because they were nervous. They knew it was going to be a different story. And uh, so, you know, with Stephen, all of that, like I said, and I said, the boss knew it. He could have uh, uh, contested it and held it up for, for years, you know, or for months until they made us a, a decision. And it might have actually came down on in our favor. Like I said, he's got the right to put naturalized citizens on on the on the team. And if this by president or bloodline, it, it wasn't really clear what a naturalized citizen was. So uh, you know, I guess we bailed out, and that was a disappointment for us. You know, after training so much. Um, but we were pleased just uh, to be there, with, and we were definitely ready. You, you look at that team, yeah, any Asian team, no, they didn't have a chance. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of national team, that's uh, Naning Valenciano, right? Yeah. yeah. And you, uh, Jong, Tonichi, Teddy Alperer, who are the other two? Dennis and Dennis. Uh, Johnny Nash and uh, Ted were, they were from, uh, uh, Johnny Nash played at Arizona State. Okay. And Ted played at the University of uh, San Francisco. So they brought them in. Uh, they were trying out to see what was going on. What tournament was that? Do you guys remember? Because I don't remember. John, no. Coach Jong is still there, so this would probably be uh, 83, 80, 84, 83 yeah. or 84. That's right. Maybe uh, the ABC. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the ABC. Yeah. Well, that's right. Might have been the tournament in Brunei. I, I'm not sure which one that was those who were part of the national team. Yeah. Because it I don't remember those guys on the right, so... Yeah, because it wasn't a, 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 a what was it a sanctioned uh, Olympic style event? Because I don't think those who played with us at anything that that mattered as far as us being a team. You know, it might have been an exhibition game somewhere or a tournament where, but it had nothing to do with our run to uh, to uh, playing in the World Game qualifying yeah. here or there. Uh, those two guys didn't they weren't on any of those teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. But it, it must have been some important tournament because all you guys were all dressed, you know, uh, alike. And <laughs> you had that match, right? You had a, a match of the Philippine flag. So we were traveling first class, representing right. the Philippines for sure. Is that Johnny Hagwood? Who was uh, Johnny Nash and Hedwood? Yeah. Is that Hedwood, yeah. the, the one that uh, right most? Yeah, to the right, yeah, that's John Hedwood. Y'all don't yeah. remember where the, the 
I don't know. You, were you born, Charlie? <laughs> This may be Hong Kong. This may be Hong Kong. The ABC tournament. Yeah. Yeah. This might be Hong Kong. I'm not. Can't say for sure. Yeah. That time. But Hegwood, he would shoot them high arch shots. He he was a left hander. I mean, he would just shoot it to the moon, and if you know that was his shot, that's yeah, underneath the basket, and it would go in. He had a weird shooting style, you know. Johnny Nash, you know, could do everything. He was supposed to be the be the um, Magic Johnson when he went to Arizona State. And I was at Loyola, so I knew Johnny coming over. Uh huh. And then, broke okay. yeah, his ankle the first day. My high school coach took us down there to watch uh, watch him. He was at Arizona State for the first time. It was a game opener, and we're walking in. Got there a little late from Tucson. It was in Phoenix. And we're walking down the stairs, going to our seats. And I'm looking at the court. He goes up for a simple rebound, comes down, bone pops out of the side of his ankle. Wow. I mean, around, I mean, not he would step on anybody's foot or anything, but when he came down, it just snapped in the middle of his leg. You know wow. where his cat is, and so wow. that set him. That's what I'm saying. And he was, you know, destined to, to make the NBA. You know, because he had all the skills. He was about six, 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 seven, big guard that can shoot. Uh, magic style that comes from uh, both from uh, from one end to the other. You know, flashy passes. And so when I saw him there, he had recuperated and. And, and he was playing well, but he wasn't the same guy, you know, that uh, Arizona State was expecting. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you remember, you, uh, Jeff, you remember a lot of your teammates, of course, all the guys that played on that entity, whether they were from America or the locals. How about in the PBA? Do you remember, were there certain players on the opposing team that you remember stood out for you? And then, you know, that you know that you would – you would be tough. Uh, you had to play tough to challenge them. I'm sure you remember Robert Jaworski. You know what happened. Who else do you remember from from the locals? From I mean, uh, Ferdinand. I mean, Fran, the the skinny uh, post guy. What's her name? One Fernandez. Ramon. Ramon Fernandez. Right, Ramon Fernandez. Like I said, by face, I remember a lot of, but the names, they just, they escape me these days. Because I do go back and uh, I've watched a lot of the videos, you know, the finals and, and what have you of uh, when we played. Um, but yeah, yeah, I really couldn't tell you a lot of their names, but I know them per, you know, per se, and I definitely remember But there was a guard and uh a player on each team. They, they gave us fits. But I, I, I say that like we were, we were supposed to be the winners, but no, we gave them fits. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because we were, we were the amateurs, but we gave them fits and actually beat them. But, yeah, uh, but, but yeah, they made us better, you know, uh, using their experience to, uh, to help us. Uh, like I said, Ron Jacobs, to this day, like I say, I still 
mimic myself after him and how I get my team prepared. You know, I put them in some of the toughest tournaments. You know, if we lose, that's fine. But I want to play in tournaments that's going to challenge us. You know, get beat by 40. You know, now I have a reason to say this is why we go back to work. You know, if we win, we still got work to do. You know, because it's a consistency. You got to stay at the top of your game. So we were, we were talking, like I was saying, that's why that team, all those teams that we're on in the, in the Philippines, we were uh, groomed and literally challenged to win. You know, we practice it three days, I mean, three times a day for six months. Born and lift weights, you know, play, I mean, shoot around, go over drills in the morning, lift weights in the afternoon, then we have a scrimmage game, you know, and we had to go hard. It wasn't on taking a day off. And in uh, and, and, and Manila, with all that sweating, wow, man, you're killing us. But we're in the best shape of my career ever, you know. I mean, I was really, I could run rings around anybody. I could run all day hard, play defense all day, go to two overtimes, and, and then skip a beat. That's how we beat the, um, the United States in the uh, Williams Jones Cup when we made that. Do you remember that game? Uh, I'm sure you remember Robert Jaworski, the playing coach of, uh, of Hinebra. Do you remember that game where you accidentally elbowed him uh, in the face and, you know, blood came out and he had to be rushed to the hospital? Then he came and you guys were up big and then he came back like Willis Reed and he inspired uh, uh, Hinebra to that win over, over you guys. Remember that particular game? Of course, I can have to get that. <laughs> the never say die moment, but uh, but yeah, I remember. Like I said, but those, those were great moments. Like I said because he was uh, revered, you know. We knew it, you know. Uh, that's all they talked about, you know. He was the guy. Uh, uh, so so we 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 knew who he was. And and, uh, and when I got him, I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> you know, I really did because, you know, I didn't get him on purpose, but it wouldn't even matter, you know. Uh, but he took it well, but, but everything changed after that, you know. Uh, I think it put a fear in, in the whole gym, uh -huh. you know, because uh, 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 they didn't know how he was going to respond. You know, he might have came back and, and stabbed me in the back. I don't know. <laughs> but they knew he was going to come back and, and get some kind of revenge. So everybody was waiting for that. But he had enough respect for me. He did. He came back. But with that fear in everybody, the game changes, you know. Uh, so they're looking for some, something to happen for him to foul me hard or foul them hard. So that changed the game. So we got the, uh, complacent. In that moment, if you remember breakaway, I told Dennis this. <laughs> I got a breakaway, I see him, and I was going to my, I see him coming. You guys know me, and any day of the week, I'm dunking on him, I don't care who. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he come running full speed, I just take me out. So I, I jumped, he barely put his hands on me, and I, I threw it up off 
the rim. I'm lucky I got the foul because it really wasn't a foul because he barely touched me. But even the ref thought he was going to hit me hard, you know. And that was the first time I <laughs> kind of gained in. You know, it was like, no, this guy, I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories about him. He was coming to get me. He signed, you know, so I kind of flew to that up. But got the foul call, so, you know, he that, that saved me, so I made my two free throws. But, but that was the only time, you know, a guy coming at me like that made me think about, you know, the consequences that I went up in there. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the mistake yeah, of yeah. yours, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, Jeff, how did the PBA yeah. experience, your free conferences playing in the PBA, help you as far as dealing with the hostilities in the, in the ABC tournament? Like, this one was held in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, you had to go up against China. Um, uh, obviously, fans were not really uh, were cheering for the Chinese in the finals. How did that help you? Right, right, because of those type of moments, we we become the next man. You saw after over a season, we became the players, you know, in the in the PBA. Yeah, we were knocking them down just as well. So, so we didn't back up. We came at them just as hard as they did. Allen, I can say I see videos where you know they came at us. Hector wasn't backing down. You know, Tanichi wasn't even back after we got a good grip on our making them have respect for us. You know, and so that part of it helped us to become men against kids because there wasn't no national team playing like that. Mm-hmm. You know. We played as a national team, executing, doing those things like all the national teams play. So we can match any with that, with our offensive skills and, and playing as a team. But that brought us to a, I don't care, each national team might have a bully, but we weren't going to let nobody bully us as a team. And, and that's what the people installed in us. I guarantee you, those are the reasons why we won. Because, you know, any day of the week, they, the national teams, you know, the old vets come in and, you know, some of these national teams, you know, it's life or death if they win. So they start banging us and, you know, pushing that, thinking we were going to back off. But we went, we went right back at them. We gave us, I mean, we took as good as we gave, you know. We went back at them and uh, we had skills to, to do it and play. See, that was the, the test. We, we could manage our control mm-hmm. under under tough you know because of the PBA because every night it was a tough circumstance I don't care who we played whether we were up 15 or down 10 them guys were men trying to get their paycheck yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you guys just fought through that I'm, I'm wondering Jay which tournament is this because you have uh, Dean Dupomaren yeah, uh, Jerry Cordinier is there already. After part, this was 85 already. Yeah, this must have been 85. Maybe the Sea Games. I'm not sure. Maybe the Sea Games. 85 Sea Games. Oh, Southeast Asian Games, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was I never in... knew that Dindo played with these guys. I, I, oh, yeah, I Dindo did. Yeah, at, at the end, Alvin Teng, Dindo Pomare, Jerry Cordinier, Jeffrey Graves. Yeah. Also, the they, came, they came in at the end. Daning Valenciano, yeah. that's, that's towards the end. Yeah, All that was days. down the end. That- the page, you know, Alf is in there. Uh, it was some tournament. Was it a tournament in Brunei? Because, like I yeah. said, we're going everywhere playing and uh, <laughs> doing this, this, this little ride of ours. 
So yeah, once Allen got there, we were down to the yeah, we were close to the end at that point. Uh, yeah, those are the guys that finished off uh, the ESM boy, Weavis uh, and Kaidig, Elmer, yeah, Yeah, that was it. That was the final stretch there. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff, I just need to ask you on uh, in the individual uh, talent level, who impressed you more, Allen or Samboy? Uh, different positions, you know. Sam Boy, you know, he's doing things that nobody in the world can do the way he leads <laughs> <laughs> to the floor shooting a jump shot. I'm like, falling back, this guy, I mean, wow, that was impressive. And that's what threw Americans off. You know, he would kick you and fall back and, and it'd be all net or off the board, you know. He had a game that you cannot teach and you try not to teach yourself. <laughs> that was the thing, but there was a natural instinct that he had. I don't know where, like I say, those are things that are, that are just in you. You know, some people have an IQ about the game. I did in every country. You know, I have it, you know, but I actually had it and I did the work of, of the basic stuff as well. But yeah. they see the game in a different light, the angle from like, you know, because he went in there and he would go into that rim and throw it up backwards without looking, and it would go in, and that's like, wow. And you thought the first time he might have did it, okay, that's a lucky shot, but then he, I mean, that's a shot he actually trying to do, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about Alan? Yeah, they called him the Skywalker, that's why they called him the Skywalker. He would hang in there until you come down and then he'll get it off. And he wouldn't really fall on the ground. That was the other amazing part. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the trigger man, you know, he, he, like I say, he was just a straight trigger man. You know, he was always ready to shoot. He had to, he was born to shoot that ball, you know, left-handed, that throws you off. So that was another advantage. And the way we trained, you know, Ron Jacobs uh, and everybody, we got it right. We trained and trained with confidence, you know, and, and we trained with defense coming at you, coming at you, getting you prepared for that that guy running at you and you only got a second to get it off. You know, that's what I do a lot of. And uh, it's like NBA. If you don't, I used to say, if, if he doesn't block it, it's good. I'm going to wait to the last second. I'm not going to panic. And that's the way, you know, he was groomed and that's how he understood the game, you know. Because I remember all of those guys, they didn't start out like that. <laughs> I can say that it was a process. And and that's why Jake had the uh, whereabouts to uh, put us in uh, the NBA Summer League when we went down there. And, and, and to bring in all these teams, you know, with, with all Americans. So those guys can get used to, you know, six, nine guys jumping at them, athletic. You know, blocking their shot, knocking them down, which happened, you know, always a piece of cake, you know. And uh, and so they learned. They learned watching me and Dennis, you know, like I say, that was our mission. You know, we were over there playing, but we were also over there teaching. You know, they learned as playing with them how to play the game, but us correcting them when they make a mistake here and there on the defensive coverage or even on the offense, what they should have did or what they shouldn't have did. Might have passed it to me. I said, 
that one you shouldn't have passed. They should have faked it to me and kept going, you know, because he got his son. Uh, thinking that they had to give it to me like the import. No, no, this is not that. This is team basketball. You know, you make the right pass when you're supposed to make the right pass. You don't give it to me so I can score 40 points just because. No, this is this is what Jake was all about. And then that's why Dennis I a perfect fit for that team. Because if you had somebody over there that was all about their points, it never would have been the same. Yeah. And Dennis was the best team player, unselfish guy in the world. I scored a lot of points, but I was unselfish. I, like I say, Jake had to force me to keep shooting because I would pass on the dime, you know, to whoever's open. Pass up my shot for them, you know. Uh, Chip, was, Chip was a shooter, too, just like him and, and Kai did. So if you pass to them, you might as well say he's shooting that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Go get the rebound, right? Yeah, go get the rebound. But every now and then they would pass because when they were off, you taught them how to um, to be winners. Like say, you know you're off, so just keep shooting. When you go up in the air, you see me cutting to that basket. Don't always think I'm going to make that shot, especially when you're having an off day. So, you know, every now and then they would drop it in. And it'd be at the perfect moment. It'd be like, wow, okay, he gets it. Because I want him to shoot because he's such a good shooter. But if you're not on it, drop it down to help this team win. We even got both of them to get them back and play defense. But Chip used to, I mean, I didn't used to get so mad at Chip for running out, you know. The, the shot goes up, me and Dennis and, and everybody down there fight for a rebound. As soon as we get it, Chip's at half court yelling. He's like, no, no. He'd be like, Jeff, don't throw it to him. He can come back and play defense. Oh, great. Hey. It might have been a long rebound, and he's from there. So, and we did. We talked to him and, and, and expanded it to him that way. Like, because a few times it was a long rebound, so they got another chance, and they made the shot. So, so you know, we all played together, and we helped one another. It was a family and that's what uh, hurt me so bad that it took 38 years for me to go back and see all those guys, you know. And a couple of them in that picture aren't really anymore. And I really, really felt that our friendship and our bond was like no other, really. That, I mean, that's a real storybook in it. That's the that's a, that's a make of a, a, a movie. I mean, really, uh-huh. if somebody really documented, you know, that is a movie in the making because we had it all, you know, from from, from the 12 Americans, you know, like, from them going to pick Jake for the, uh, first of all, then bringing Dennis and I coming in there. Then we, you know, going and uh, looking for talent after the first year, the protests and all of that, all the way to the end where the, uh, the president in the lead, we having the lead. You know, it's a story worth telling, to tell you the truth. And all yeah, yeah, the little things. Definitely. Hong Kong. Definitely. That's the one for the, for the history book. A teachable moment to tell you the truth. How you come you together. A, as- you guys had a great run, Jeff. What, what a run it was. But as you, as you know, we've talked about it. It, it suddenly came to an end simply because of the political change here in the country and 
the basketball team for some reason got affected by that, which is crazy for me. But uh, so you guys, the team was blown up. You never got to come back. You, as you said, you left your things here. Didn't even get them back anymore. And you had to move on, obviously. How, how long did it take you to, to say, hey, I got to do something? So eventually you went to South America, I think, and, and then eventually to Mexico uh, to move on with your, with your career. So what happened to you after that? I mean, did anybody ever call you to come back for, for as an import for any NBA team, uh, PBA team? No, I mean, that, that's why it was the perfect storm. I mean, in, in the sense that then take Dennis and I long to go and get a job. Hell, we were qualified players. Hell, so anybody in the country wanted us. So that's, that, that's why they had an excuse not to call us or say they, they called us, but, oh, just man in Argentina. Oh, Dennis is down there, you know. So that gave the politicians or the higher-ups in the organization a pass to, you know, to say, oh, well, no, just over there. You know, we tried to call him, whether they did or not, uh, but I never received the call. Because you got to understand, we're at the top of our game, so it didn't take me long. I came back, and uh, they had a 6 5 and under league. I went and played in that. I had just started that, you know, for 6-6 six, six and under, like the Philippines has. You know, uh, I went to a tryout of 20, 200 people there, and, you know, all these big-time uh, college kids. And I've been gone for eight years, so nobody really knew who the hell I was, you know. And I've been seeing these guys on magazines, you know, the top of the notch. That's probably going NBA. And I had to go through a, a, a tryout. This, this team was in Fresno, California. Jay called me, uh, I mean, Jim White, and said, you want to go down here and have a tryout? I said, sure. So every day it was cut in half, you know. Uh, so I'm lasting and lasting, you know, these names I, I, I've heard of, you know, from these big time schools. Uh, uh, and uh, so, you know, we get down, we get down, but then we're down to probably 30. And uh, so next day it was only going to be down to 15. So. Uh, we're doing a defensive drill now. So I get out there, you know, where everybody's going, people were in front of me, and it was my turn up, you know. So you're supposed to deny the ball, and if he backs door, you're supposed to recover and, and, and don't let him get that either, you know. Uh, so it was a, a decent uh, American black guy. I can't remember his name right now. But uh, he was NBA bound, you know, so... I just happened to went through mines, and when I turned around, it's my turn to get on defense. I see him, you know, so it's like, okay, let's play. I'm defense. I grew up playing defense. Hell, I played against you know, some of the best uh, offensive players in the world. So that was just what I do. He didn't know that, you know. So we start, and he's trying to get get the ball, and he's going, taking me out, trying to, you know, get the ball. The assistant coach throws it. I get a hand on it. It goes out of bounds, you know. He does it again, and, and, and now he's trying to push and get away, and somehow I get it again. So he backdoored me, and I get that one. And the coach finally said, he yelled, he said, okay, okay, stop, stop, stop. So I'm thinking I did something wrong because he knew all these players from the uh, CBA. That was the league, like the G League now. Uh, so they're all in the CBA. And... So I'm, you know, I'm 
waiting for what he's talking about. And he's coming towards me and, and, and you know, I'm trying to figure out that I do something wrong, that I have my head not turned quick enough on the back door. And uh, he grabbed me, you know, by the shoulder. And he said, uh, he said, this is how you're going to make this thing. He said, defense. He said, defense wins championships. You know, he said, this guy knows how to play defense. That's what I'm looking for. You know, so, you know, made me feel good. Everybody's looking at me, you know, they kind of clapped and stuff, you know, but clapping means that, yeah, my job may not be easy. I might not get that job if that's what they're looking for. And at the end of the day, I did get the job out of, 20, I mean, 200 people because the scoring was easy. I mean, I always say that to my players. Scoring is easy. You can learn to score. Defense is desire, heart. That's a winning attitude. You want to win when you just, want to get uh, rebounds and play defense. And that's what Dennis and I both brought there. And we uh, we could score, but the defense is what kept us there. Because like Jake said, there was a lot more talented uh, guys they were looking at when we were trying out everybody offensively, you know, because I wasn't really, I could score, but I wasn't just a straight scorer. But I could stop people. So, you know, he told the boss, yeah, there's some people here that's probably better offensively than these two. But no, you won't, won't get a better teammate, unselfishness, and give 100% than Jeff Moore and Dennis Steele. And so that's how we ended up. But, uh, but the road was, was long and hard. Those two teams right there, that was in the uh, – that was the all-star game on the left side uh, when I came to Mexico. And on the right, that was when I played on the South League in Mexico. I was actually uh, on an island, Isla de Mujeres. So, you know, I, I had uh, a paid job to be on the island, you know. So I enjoyed my life, played hard, you know. I was uh, for nine, 10 years, my first 10 years in Mexican basketball. That's why I told you I was above everybody coming from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I was in every in the first 10 years. I mean, the first nine years. You know, every finals with six different teams, I could win. I had to win and I had to lose. My first year, I'm going to 40, 50, 60 because nobody could do anything with me because I come from the Philippines where I had to do everything. National team got me had the skills and then the toughness that the PPA got me, nobody else could touch me. They used to call me because uh, uh, they were fouling me a lot in, in, in Mexico but I was getting a foul in one it wasn't nothing like me knocking falling on my head in the Philippines <laughs> they thought they were hitting me hard but that wasn't nothing to me. I get the foul and the bucket so so yeah, Philippines helped me a, a hell of a lot to uh, travel the world and expose who I am and, and what I could do. They really prepared me for the rest of the world. You had, you had crazy stats when you were in the PBA. You can see below it says you played 102 games, 24.2 points per game, almost 16 boards, four offensive, three assists, almost two blocks, 38 minutes on 60% shooting almost from the field and 76% almost from the free throw line. So you're saying that this just backs up what you just said. You did everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you read it right, no, 
That's at uh, 50%. What, is, what was the shooting percentage? 59.7. Yeah, from the field. I mean, that's yep. just intelligent. I didn't take bad, bad shots. Uh-huh. You know, that's what I used to do all my life. I didn't take bad shots. I, and I got a lot of my shots from kicking. You know, me and an American had a problem with that uh, one year. He was like, oh, you and, you know, the other guy's name was Al Smith. He's like, y'all shooting all the shots, you know. And he had played with New York Knicks for a little bit, you know. He's a big man, 6'9", Kenny Green. And uh, I said, Kenny, I'm not shooting as much as you. He said, yes, y'all ain't passing it to me. I said, Kenny, let's go to the scoreboard. I mean, the score sheet. You know, he had 20, <laughs> 20 shots. I had 17. I got mine from the free throw line, you know. And I got mine from foul, I mean, shots he shot, and I got rebound and put it back up. So I didn't shoot all these shots. See, I played the complete game, so they got confused on what it was. And those numbers really showed. But that was all my career. I did it all, you know. And, and I loved doing it. That was the key. I loved helping other people, get, you know, being there to recover them. I didn't blame anybody, so so that was it. That picture right there, that was in Mazelon. I'm an assistant coach there. And um, I feel like I'm saying farewell, but no, <laughs> I got my fingers up. I'm but but the so, more, yeah. more important thing, the, the thing that Jay wants to know is, did you meet those two ladies in red? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't meet, I knew them. I, I, <laughs> no, that was not a special rah-rah girl, but no, I was all business, you know, I was always a Dan, so I'm just coming through there, uh, giving them a championship. See, I did that from the assistant coaching job. See, I, I do have skills. I hate those teams. They never call me, man. I got skills as a coach. I'm Jacobs, he goes, really? No. I got a knack for reading the game exactly how it is when you take this guy out. How you how you uh, defend this guy? What kind of setup we go out? And I guarantee you, most of the time it works. You know, I'm very, very good at that. And that's another gift I had that I never had a chance to use in the Philippines. Not just that great player. I'm locked in on, on let's say I'm a psychologist by nature. I read what's going on, how we this guy, what we got to do, how we going to get him frustrated. But then that's a, a, a story for another chapter. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, maybe well, that, that's an advertisement right there, what you just said. So we're going to spread the word about that coaching thing, Jeff. Let's see. Oh, Let's wow. see if anything can come out of that. But Let's look at the next photo, Carly. I know it's a it's a special one. This is just recently, uh, for everyone's Dana. information, Jeff was here for the FIBA World Cup, That's so right. he was able to meet with old friends like Norman Black and Jong Chico. and of course, you flew to Hawaii to meet that guy in the cap. His name's Willie Pearson. He was our guest also a couple of years ago on the show, and so tell us about that that experience of coming back after so long and seeing all the guys there. It, uh, just on the plane itself, you know, because uh, I had taken that trip, you know, at least twice, three times a year when I was there, you know, we would come home every now and then. Uh, and it, it just gave me goosebumps, you know. And the closer we got, and, uh, you know, it just, it, it just moments of reflection. Once we start flying over the land, and I'm trying to look and see if, um, 
places, you know, if I can uh, identify uh, uh, a building or something. But I couldn't, I couldn't. I was just looking at it. I was like, wow, it looks different than before, maybe. And then I find out I'm going to a different airport. You know, I said, this ain't where I, where I used to take off from. Uh, but yeah, it was just a whole body of emotions going through and uh, thinking about all the good times we had. And once we landed and got off, you know, we're in uh, the latest airport that they built, you know, brand new to me and you know up to date and so everything was different but then it was the same once we got into uh you guys helped uh pick me up so you know once we got into the to the truck uh, then i started asking questions you know uh where did we live before and it just was uh, the area and some stuff started becoming familiarized but but it was just so much that I, I couldn't take it all in. I was in places where before they said, yeah, this is so-and-so, you know, this is a little city. And I knew it back then, nothing like I, I remembered it. And uh, even the, uh, where they played, I couldn't believe that was the, the, the dome where they fought the thriller in Manila. Yeah. I mean, really, he said, we got out and walked, uh, you know, a block, and, and we went into a mall. And he said, you're in it. And I said, what? I said, no, that can't be that big spaceship out there that we used to drive to and we could see for miles away. He said, yeah, this is it. I'm like, man, no, it was, once I got in it, I could see, yeah, they changed the seat. But that was it. Wow, that was something else, really. That blew me out the water. I mean, we, I mean, we shed a lot of tears, you know, sweat and tears, and, and and just going at it, boy. That's when we first started. And I, and like I was telling somebody, the guys that picked me up, I said that was before Ultra. You know, Ultra. Yeah, y'all got four or five news. I said that was before Ultra. That was the one. You know, I was here before they even started building Ultra. You know, that was a new one for us, but, but wow, there was, there was something. There was something to behold and run across a couple of people that remember me. So that was a, a special moment. And that there, man, that's priceless. It really is. You know, all those guys there, you know, when I find, when I first, I mean, I left them last, I was 28 years old. Uh -huh. 28. 38. 20, 20, 20. 20. Yeah, Janique was uh, probably about 22 or something like that. And then you, yeah. you see all these guys, you know, and, and you got to reconnect with Heck and Franz and Tonici. You know, those are the guys, John, of course. We remember I took that photo of you guys at, at one of the games of Gilas Filipinas. And uh, so, and then the Chip. How was Chip after all these years? I mean, how was Chip after all these years? Oh, well, Chip, I've seen. So, yeah, Chip is Chip, as, as they used to call him, Dookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dookie. Yeah. Dookie. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, you know, I hadn't seen them in, in a couple years, cause, uh, especially since he went to uh, OKC. So, uh, you know, it's always. I uh, see Chip, you know, he always, 
with all my, uh, utmost respect, you know, being in the NBA and all that, we are friends, you know, and that's how he treat me. He don't, it doesn't matter who's he, who's he in front of, you know, who's he with, you know, that's a real friend. And that, that's what I'm saying. He just, you know, gives me my, my due respect because of what we've done, you know, like I say, you don't forget the past, you know, the future, I mean, the present sometimes we kind of forget the past and the past is what got us to the future. And and then that group there, you know, uh, allowed all of us to go off and, and do some special things. See, I went around the world and, and did what they were doing there, you know, and I wish I would have had that option to be able to have done what I did with the people that, that knew me best as, in my career, you know? So uh, it was a real special moment. And the little uh, young man in the middle from uh, <laughs> the Boston sidekick from NCC, he was yeah. the money man. Every time we paid, boy, we were happy to see him. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Jeff, I just yeah, yeah, Jeff, when you saw go, go, these go. guys, uh, did you uh, actually not recognize at least one or two of them because they changed uh, significantly? That was I didn't recognize. Here? Yeah, was there anybody here? What you didn't recognize? No, not not that group right there. No, I knew them. Yeah, like I say, my the names, you know, I could forget. I never forget a face, but I know I knew them, and they were close to me. It wasn't like I just might have forget how to say his name or whatever. <laughs> all right. But uh, <laughs> all of them, yeah, that was that was the crew. Uh, little bitty ass Hector, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, he looks the same. He looks the same except for the white hair. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Look at Jerry. <laughs> oh, Jerry, yeah. He still look like a little chubby Jerry. He always was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and John... We all, we all have great hair, John. I'm like, dude, you look like you got great. But, uh, but yeah, and then for us to sit around, you know, you remember uh, him says, uh, doing dinner and in different groups just joking about the past, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and truly, that was amazing. You know, it's only if we knew, you know, at the time. And, and we experienced those. So it was always, and I just don't want it to be another, well, it ain't going to be another 30 years. I guarantee you that. <laughs> 38 oh, yeah. years before I see should not be. It shouldn't so, be. It shouldn't uh, be. Yeah, 38. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be saying years, I guarantee you. But uh, hopefully we talked about maybe uh, 2025, them coming out here and the Puerto Vallarta, you know, take a change, get away from there, and meet down here, you know, and, and and do that, and uh, that would be awesome if they could come down here, take them a vacation, you know, and I show them around somewhere different and new, and where I kind of made my mark after that. That was the first, and this was the last, and there was many more in between. So that was the first long one, the last one I stayed at. So they know me as I came from there and ended my career. They know me in the Philippines as I could began my career yeah, yeah. yeah. we, we know yeah. you as one of the best 
we know you was one of the best who ever played for the Philippines team. Exactly. Jeff, and, and what a career you had even in the PBA. You won that championship. And all those glory <laughs> tournaments, you, you, you win those, those uh, medals for us. And we're forever thankful yeah. to you for that. You know? So I want to let you know that I'm saying it here on the show, Jeff. I said this to you when we were together. But we thank you for your service, yes. definitely, for the oh, national oh. team. We hate how it ended. We do. We really do. But uh, yeah, that's life. As you said, you mm -hmm. moved on. And, then, and now you're busy there in Mexico. You're holding basketball clinics. You're coaching kids, uh, working with young people. You know, I hope your player, you said a player of yours got injured the other night. I hope he's okay. So, you know, so we wish you the best in all of that. And then we did make a call for support uh, for you. So hopefully some guys respond to that. And we're going to let you know to support your program over there in Mexico, uh, Jeff. Freeze. Oh, it freeze, it freezes, Jeff. Oh, mm. Yeah. No, he'll be back. He'll be back. Okay. Yeah. The connection will be there. But I'm looking at this picture. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Eh. Okay. I think that's Pineda. Yeah. And then the guy on the CC, Coach Tonichi, is the one who looks the most the same man, from before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. Coach Tonichi. Because you gain weight, na, Peter, Alan, diba? Mm. Tapos, kahit pa paano, si Coach Franz, medyo bagets pa rin. Pero, Si Tonichi, parang ganun pa rin eh. Sakto so, pa rin yeah. yung katawan niya, you eh, know? Ano ba? Ano nangyari kaya kay Jeff? Talaga nag-freeze na siya, no? Yeah. Kung kailan tayo patapos na. But I, I'm pretty sure he'll come back in. But what a great uh, session we've had. Obviously, we talked to here. He remembers Never Say Die. Yeah. Um, which is something we wanted to ask. There's some other questions on the comment box. We haven't been able to ask them. We're not sure if we'll be able to, but we'll try to, yeah. to do that. Even out of the show, no, we'll try to answer your questions that and you have. And former teammate Rika Los is actually watching. Yeah, yeah. Rika yeah. Los uh, uh, was watching and uh, some other guys. Aldo Perez, thanks Aldo to Robert Perez. Viola. Hey, guys, uh, just a call, no? Uh, so as we always say, mm -hmm. send us some stars. Send us some stars. That, that was yeah. a time capsule, you know? That's, that's a time capsule. That was brought to us by Fitbit. And uh, that uh, helps everyone in the world get healthier from counting our steps to giving personalized insights on your heart rate and sleep patterns. Log your exercise, access great tools and content on the Fitbit Premium, all on the Fitbit platform. Check out the line of products on Fitbit.com. Feel the power. Time capsule po yan. At uh, sana papasok na tayo sa Twilight Zone. Ngunit wala yung ating guest right now. He's trying to reconnect. He'll be in in a bit. But, you know, um, there were some questions. I, there's a nice question kanina about bakit He's dead, but bakit si Dennis still? Bakit hindi si Steve Scholl? Bakit hindi si Lingerfeld? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we, we'd love to ask Ron Jacobs why that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, Coach Ron's no longer with us. But yeah, I guess, you know, as Jeff said, they got the best players who could be team players exactly. and fit the system. And fit the system. So if it was a 6-7 center instead yeah. of a seven-footer, that's probably the reason why, diba? Mm -hmm. So, so union, eh, diba? I would have wanted to ask a speculative question, like how would the Philippine team do in the 1986 World Cup had they gone on to play there? Well, I'll tell I you already know. what he's gonna say. He's gonna say lalaban sila, diba? Yeah, I know. Sila. Uh -oh. that, that's what Jeff. Because warrior nga. So uh, just, just to reiterate, no, uh, the the statistics of Jeff Moore in the PBA. Naman yan. I didn't realize he played 102 games. But that's a lot. I mean, we've had the six, seven-year veteran guests here on the show who didn't play a hundred games. Yeah. Four conferences. Four conferences. Oh, kaya nga. So he played every Each every conference game. they made it deep into the playoffs, including one championship. Right. So right. 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 
So, Sano, we're just waiting for him to come back in uh, so we can wrap up episode mm-hmm. 200. Thanks, everybody, for, for supporting us for mm-hmm. for this many episodes. No? So, this is the 200th yeah. episode. Thanks for all your support. We never would have guessed that we'd make mm-hmm. it to where we are. Uh, we have a couple more episodes for this year, 2023. We'll take, of course, our Christmas break soon. But we'll be back in 2024 and we'll still continue the show. Uh, how often, we don't know. But, uh, you know, we might adjust the schedule. We'll see. But, you know, but in the meantime, let's think, you know, let's think, uh, uh, well, yeah, send us stars. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can send us a five-star rating or rate us, you know, with five stars. Manay salamat for that. Become our monthly supporter. And how can you do this, you know, for $4.99 or 250 pesos? Well, what you can do is you can uh, go to Spotify, click the description, scroll to the bottom, and click the link that says support this podcast. And then you can do that. The $4.99 or $4.99 rather or 250 pesos, and we will love you forever if you do that. Become our monthly support. And Globally Balling Southeast Asia on Facebook, please follow that so you can see uh, tidbits from all the different shows on the Globally Balling Network. So let's take this opportunity then to thank uh, San Miguel Corporation for being our you know, main sponsor. Um, and then together with uh, Tominugan Farm, with uh, Barrio Fiesta, and with Fitbit, of course. We thank PBA Archives and the PH Sports Bureau sa lahat ng tulong nila for the photos and for the information that we give. And then, batiin na rin natin yung mga nag-ano, nag-birthday yeah. you know, in the past week yeah. na yeah. pamilya ng, uh, ng AOB. Si Bernard Harris, ka-birthday ko yan. Onchi de la Cruz, Gil Cortez, Peter Naron, Ed Cordero, Paul Herrera, and of course, Prince Philip Cesar. Nag-birthday kahapon. Thank Happy you. birthday sa ating mga kapamilya. Yeah, Thank no, you, Ed Cordero, for the, for the magazines. Yeah. So, so, sino yung nasa cover ng sa harap? Uh, Hindi importante yan. Yung importante lang yung sports world. Talaga? Sino yan? Yan pa ang mga kinakamukha. Janet Bordon. Ito, sino to? Sina Alahar. My favorite, Villarica. Wendy Villarica. Okay. Hindi ko na naabutan yung mga yan. Yelen Catral. Yelen Catral, so what to say, yeah. Dina Dominguez. Sino mo yan? Diana Dominguez. Diana Dominguez. Okay, Diana Dominguez. Okay. <laughs> I forgot the tennis player. Sino tennis player? Marites De Hoya. I don't know her. Iba ang frost ng sports magazines noon. Marites De Hoya. Yeah, Tet Antiquera. Tet Antiquera. Wow. Kinikinig na ngayon yung mga matatanda natin. Okay. Sabi nila, gustingit sila. Sino yan? Lorna? No, 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 no. Wait. Cecil Guevara. Chicas. Chicas. Sama ni Isabel Ribas at saka ni Wendy Villarita. And okay. finally, I have uh, Julian Fortich. Yeah. Thank you, wow. Cordero, birthday boy, for the magazines. Okay. Well, let's let's see. If he's coming back in, I'm going to message him right now. Yeah. Why did he die? Did he lose his battery? Yeah. Right? So, How long ano did he stay ano? here, uh, Charlie? When he was in Manila? Five days lang ba? Seven days? No, no. Mga ten days yata siya nandito. Oh. So he was able to watch. He, uh, Jeff was able to watch uh, Gilas, a couple of Gilas games and a couple of US games at the FIBA nice. World Cup. Yeah, he was still Gila. here during the uh, knockout stages in Moa Arena. Uh, I, saw, okay. I saw him there. I, I can remember if it was quarterfinals. Probably was quarterfinals. I, saw, I still saw him there. Okay. 
Haba ng biyahe niya, via Hawaii siya, no? Okay, he, oh, yeah. he purposely went there yata to see... To visit Willie Pearson, eh. Willie Pearson, binisita nga, nakita natin ang photo nga kanina. So, naantayin natin siya bumalik, minessage ko na rin siya. Diba? In, in the meantime, um, kwento-kwento muna, ha? Just for a couple of more minutes, let's see, no? Or else we can we can do the the segment uh, the segments yeah. later on. Are you in tomorrow, guys? NCAA finals also. Yeah, so lots of basketball. PBA, of course. There's PBA, PBA games course, today. Yeah. I'll be there, and then tomorrow as well. Um, ah, okay. Back to back up, Yeah, yeah. So di tayo makalulut ng finals. Supposedly, yeah. Tomorrow, supposedly, uh, LA Tenorio, our former guest, will be making his comeback. Yeah. Yeah, we'll so, see. We'll see oh, tomorrow. Oh. He's been reactivated. So, yeah, that will be a big moment no? for... Also, um, Hill Cortez is uh, reminding um, all the MD... Oh, yeah, para me, reunion ang Pampanga Dragons on December 7th in Pampanga, in San Fernando, Pampanga. The 25th year of the first of the ever, ever, the first ever NBA, NBA championship. That's right. So, yeah. may, may tanong dito si, si Boss Guapo, may, may, may tanong, magka-champion oh. na bang UP daw bukas? So, Sinit <laughs> namin dito, sana, dapat. That's not the... Uh, oh, sige, sige. I don't want to jinx anything. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. 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 <laughs> okay, so wait. Uh, I actually believe mukhang na, nagka-problema na si Jeff, ano? Uh, yep. Tatawag ako na lang. Guys, let's, let's, ano, let's... Uh, we'll probably record yung... Uh, yeah, we'll just record the segments with, with Jeff, uh, Say a proper goodbye also uh, yeah. on, a, on a future date, no? if it's okay with you guys. Kasi, yeah. Yeah. Ano eh, na no response din sa mga messages. Eh. So baka namatayan ng internet or something. So I guess uh, we cut short no? our uh, episode 200. You know, we've had to deal with some difficulties like a fiesta going on in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, we will end this it's not in the books yet, yung episode 200 namin. Kukumpletuhin namin ito, no? Um, para sa inyong lahat. Pero Jeff Moore, great stories. Nice, uh, what, a, what a nice career he had dito sa Pilipinas. Pati na rin sa Mexico. He's a, like a Hall of Famer yata siya doon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that does it. Siguro, no? Break na tayo. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. May guest pa tayo. We'll just finalize it. We'll announce it on our page for Jay Mercado and Sid Ventura. Charlie Kuna, uh, signing off for episode 200. Thanks, guys, for sticking with us for 200 episodes. Don't know how far we're gonna reach, but we're gonna keep on going. We're gonna keep trying to keep the show on the air. Thank you, thank you, Carla. So, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, we can complete this episode as we did for Ompong Sigura. We'll do it for you guys. So thank you so much. Maraming salamat po sa inyo lahat. So here we are. We're entering the twilight zone of our show. Uh, of course, once again, we'd like to thank Jeff for his service to the Philippine basketball uh, landscape. Did a lot of work for us here with Dennis Till, Chip Engel, and the rest of the NGC guys. Lots of what could have been in that story, of course. But, you know, maybe we'll save that discussion for another time. So we entered the twilight zone the first Part of our Twilight Zone is called Excess or O's, and it's brought to us by Tuminugan Farm. Uh, if you need to relax and unwind, why not rejuvenate and reconnect with nature? Right at the foot of the Kitanglad mountain range in Bukidnon. Choose from a wide range of accommodations like the farmhouse, the bungalow, the cottage, or the tulugan. Tuminugan Farm can accommodate entire families 
groups of friends, backpackers, and even team-building events. So if you want to relax and unwind and be there in uh, Bukidon, you can uh, go to tubinuganfarm.com or their Instagram or Facebook for more information. So book now and you can start your Mindanao adventure there today. Okay, Jeff, for X's or O's, I have a list of, of choices for you. So just uh -huh. choose. You don't, have to, you don't have to explain why you chose that certain guy or a certain thing. Just choose, okay? okay? So let's go, down, let's go down the list. Jeff, number one, Steve Lingerfelter or Steve Shaw? Steve Shaw. Steve Shaw, okay, the big guy, okay. Bob Worthy or Bruce Collins? Oh, Rob Worthy for sure. Oh, Rob Worthy, okay, okay, for sure. Eddie Joe Chavez or Ricardo Brown? Uh, Ricardo Brown. Okay, Ricardo Brown. Franz Pumarin or Hector Calma? Now you're getting me in trouble, right? <laughs> yep. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Hector, oh man. Hector, Which is Hector Calma. Hector Calma, okay, Hector Calma, okay. Okay, how about this one? <laughs> Sam Boylim or Alan Kaidik? <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's been right there. No, they both was excellent in different positions. I take either one of them. Either one, okay, that's a tie, that's a tie, okay. How about this, you remember, the young guy, Jerry Codiniera or Tonichi Ituri? Uh, Ituri. Tonichi, okay, you gotta go with this. Yeah. How about this one, Elmer yeah. Reyes or Willie Pearson? Elmer, Willie? Uh, I'll go with Willie. Okay, Willie. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with You remember these guys you played against, uh, some imports in the PBA, Michael Hackett or David Pope? <laughs> yeah, I remember both of them very clearly. Michael Hackett scored 100 points. Yep, I would take David Pope over okay. David Pope, yeah, he was great. He, he passed away. Okay, how about this? Norman Black or Francois Weiss? Ooh, that's another one. That's like Norman Hector Black. and... <laughs> uh, that's like Sambo and Kyle. No, okay, I don't know. Pie. I'm... Uh, <laughs> Francois. Francois, okay. Francois, yeah. okay. Okay. You remember, do you remember Boggs Adornado? What's his name? Boggs Adornado. You remember him? Oh. Shooter? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Boggs Adornado or Sonny Jaworski? Oh, I take Jaworski. So Jaworski, we can fight. Okay. <laughs> okay, how about the next one? Uh, these are the centers, the big guys. Abit Gidaben or Mon Fernandez? Oh, I take Mon. Oh, yeah, Fernandez. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. How about? Yeah. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, how about these guys who used to guard you? Abit King or Philip Cesar? <laughs> Neither one of them. They always <laughs> style me. <laughs> okay, neither one. Okay, I got you. Ginebra or Great Taste? Uh, great Taste, I was. Great Taste, okay. Manila Beer or Tanduay Rum? Oh, I don't even know Tanduay, the rum place. San Miguel Beer, of course. 
Oh, San Miguel Beer. Okay, <laughs> SMB wins. Okay, Magic Johnson or Larry Bird? Oh, that's that's heads or tails, you know. Uh, but yeah, Magic. Magic. Okay. Celtics or Lakers? I'm a Laker fan. Lakers. Okay. Laker fan. All right. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Oh, you act like there's a. <laughs> I shouldn't know. Michael Jordan, man. Come on. Okay. 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 Yeah. You know, some of these guys, you like the, they like the new guy. I mean, you know, I think we're I know. all. Fight all the time with people. <laughs> okay. Next. Next. Coaching or playing? Who? Coaching or playing? Oh, I'll plan any day of the week. I ain't got to worry about me. <laughs> Coaching, you got to worry about me. It's a headache, I tell you. All right. <laughs> okay, and then the next one, we're supposed to have a slide for this. Okay, the next one is, let's go to the acting world. Samuel Jackson or Lawrence Fishburne? Uh, Samuel Jackson, yeah. Samuel Jackson, okay. And the last one is... Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? Oh, that's that's another one of those, huh? Uh, yes. Al, Pacino. Al Pacino. Okay, Al Pacino gets it this time. And that's XSROs for episode 200 of An Eternity of Basketball. That was brought to us by Tuminugan Farm. Jay Mercado, it's your turn. Yeah, Jeff, I'd like to ask this question, and it has always been lingering in my mind. What would have happened in Barcelona, in Spain, had you qualified for the World Cup? Up to what place would the Philippines have reached in the World Cup in 1986? Well, that is a dangerous question because we were on fire. You know, like I said, we beat teams like Italy, who have a lot of teams that have played in the previous Olympics. And we're priming. I don't know where we would have landed, but I think we would have shocked the world for, for a lot of different reasons. We were on our way. I mean, top eight? Oh, it's possible, definitely. It might even went further than that because that was a special team. I mean, you really got to look at that. Anyway, you look at it, we were on fire. We were doing incredible things. We had the perfect match, you know, combination. We all was on the same page. Uh, you know, we were young and energetic and just newcomers that bought into Ron Jacobs' sale of one team, one dream. That's it. Great answer. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, awesome. Jeff. Yes. Yeah, what might have been. Another what might have been there. Okay, mm -hmm. Sid Ventura, it's your yeah. turn. Okay, my question, Jeff, well, first of all, is brought to you by Barrio Fiesta, uh, Makati, Makati Branch, uh, it's Christmas time, so go for their kare kare and crispy pata. Okay, um, Jeff, my question for you. If you could have dinner with any basketball personality, uh, living or dead, you know, uh, someone you've met, someone you haven't met, could be a Filipino, could be an American, who would it be and why? Uh, I'd probably say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, you're not you the person to say that. Yeah, why? Yeah, why I mean, Kareem? But he was just phenomenal throwing a sky hook from three point land. I mean, really, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> what would you ask him? How does he do it? I would have loved to have been able to throw from three point. 
I had a nice jump hook, but I ain't have no style. Tell you that. <laughs> one of the all-time greats, of course, Kareem. Yes, not it's not an sport. Yeah, his legacy extends beyond the, the basketball court, of course. Exactly. Right, right. Okay, so that's it for that. That's Barrio Fiesta that brought us that. Okay, really good Barrio Fiesta, Crispy Pata. And Kare Kare, I think you're next, Jay. You know, for, oh, no, Sid, you're next for that one. Okay. All right, so that, that's those are the segments for this. But the last and final segment for episode 200, it's a segment called Hello Porky. That was the greeting that Joe Cantada, if you remember him, Jeff. Joe Cantada used to say that at the start of the, start of the coverage. He'd say, hello, Porky. That was his son, Porky Cantada. So okay. it's your chance now to, to, to make your own greetings, to thank people, to acknowledge them, give shout-outs. Uh, so don't uh, say hi to everyone that, that you'd like to before we let you go. Yeah, no, first of all, like I say, um, my heart goes out to Sam Boylem's wife, you know, for this situation. I uh, didn't have a chance to go see him while I was there. It was so short and fast. But uh, but yeah, and everybody else, all all the teammates, you know, Hector, that were at the uh, the team reunion, and those that that weren't there, you know, Ryan Jacobs. I wish I would have had a chance to see him before he passed. It's a shame it took all these years to get back over there. And uh, I mean, those are my biggest. Uh, hard feelings, you know, that I didn't get a chance to, to say goodbye to certain people, alphas, others. But, uh, but yeah, I just want to thank all the Philippine people that supported us. Like I said, for me as a young man coming out of Tucson, Arizona, I mean, it was just amazing. The support we got in, in, in a foreign country, you know, we were truly uh, native sons by the time we, we finished our our uh, eight-year run, Dennis and I and Chip as well. Um, and like I said, it was truly home for me. And I thought I would uh, in my career there when we started, but that wasn't to be. But everything else, um, I just wish him a lot of success in, in, in going forward in the basketball world. I had a chance to get a glimpse of him at the uh, World Games. And, you know, they have the talent, you know, like I said, they, they got to figure out how to put it all together. You know, uh, I saw some things that I liked and saw some things I didn't like. Uh, and like I said, I'm invested in the Philippines ones having success. You know, that's where we started. We pretty much put them on that track. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I had a great time. I loved it, seeing a lot of people. And across a few people just walking through the stadium. Of course, they remember the good old days. Uh, a lot of people didn't know who I was until someone said something. And of course, the days start to come back to, uh, to the forefront. Uh, but yeah, we're just happy and, and, and grateful to be here. And like I say, I want to wish all Filipinos, you know, Merry Christmas and a Happy year, New Year, you know, from us here in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And I would like to ask them, because I'm with my academy, there's a young man in the hospital right now. He broke his wrist, uh, you know, it's real bad. I saw the x-rays. It came apart and uh, out of his skin. 13-year-old kid, and I'm just 
raise some money for him and the academy. So I help kids like he comes from a poor family, uh, one parent household, you know. And I kind of took him in as a, a mentor, try and guide all of these kids and give them a chance to live. Ron Jacobs gave me that chance. You know, I stayed with him when I went to Loyola Merriman. And what he did for me, gave given me the building blocks to go out and be successful in what I did, gave confidence to be who I am, you know. Um, gave me a, a different perspective on, on what life's all about. Mm -hmm. I do the same with kids here. And I love it. Like I said, God has blessed me to survive uh, the pandemic. I really thought that was it. And, but I've been perfectly groomed for this academy because I have a, a wide range of personalities and uh, places I've been. I can relate to the rich, white, black, it doesn't matter. Like I said, it comes so easy for me. You know, I turned to a, a private school that was soft and weak into this powerhouse in three years. No divisions in the third division, second division, first division. Because of the skills I have, you know, I'm not starting in the Philippines. So I'm grateful to the Philippines for what I was able to take away from but anybody who wants to donate, donate to my academy, Charlie, you have the information. Please get in contact with him or some of the teammates. They already have the information. I reached out to them. But, yeah, we could use your help. I would like to have this kid have a happy new year and don't have to have the headache of the bills, you know. So him and his mom can have a Merry Christmas. We don't have to struggle, at least not here, not right now, because he's a young kid on his way of being a great uh, basketball player, but he sent me an a, a audio. He's a rapper as well. <laughs> you know, and the rap is pretty good. I sent it to one of my friends that's in the industry in LA. But he's 13, he's rapping, so he's have, he has a future in whatever he chooses to do, but he has to be alive to be able to do it you know, get out the streets and get out of uh, harm's way. So I just want to say uh, thank you for all the support you guys have given me. And anytime you want me, I'll talk up a storm. So just give me a call. <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thank you so much for your time and for telling us your story. And, and of course, now you're part of the AOB, AOB family. So we'll be in touch more often. And we're going to give a yes, shout sir. out uh, ask for some help for that kid and then for your academy as well and hopefully that brings out some stuff so that's so that's it i guess uh jeff thanks so much for coming on uh episode 200 uh, finally you know we're done with that uh and I, I we're gonna announce who our next guest will be as soon as we can um <laughs> on behalf of my my friends jay mercado and sid ventura i'm charlie kuna saying thank you to everybody for watching god bless you all jeff moore Take care, man, and we'll be in touch. Uh, hope to see you again soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll see you yes, soon. Yes, sir. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.